Will James Harden actually remain professional for the Philadelphia 76ers? Kevin Porter Jr. was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, but do we feel kind of weird about that? And more trade rumors around Buddy Heald, Malcolm Brogdon, and more in the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. And filling in for your favorite, John Corrales, Locked On Pacers host, Tony Easter. And we got a busy day, Jake. Look, the season's like less than a week away. We get to, we get some trade rumors. We we get more James Harden stuff, trades. It's going to be a lot a of real fun. I'm trade. excited. Not even a rumor. A trade actually happened. Like an actual one happened, which is kind of weird, right? Or we feel weird about it. It's a something trade to talk about because it's not a basketball trade. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the second segment here. But of course, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here with a rotating cast of hosts uh, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know. Biggest news around the league, the trade rumors, the biggest performances of the night. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Share the show as well and become an everydayer by listening Monday through Friday. Because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we are here every Monday through Friday. So let's get right into it, Tony. Um, Shams coming out, talking about James Harden and his professionalism, saying he's been professional. He's been professional while he's been there with training camp for the Philadelphia 76ers. So on Wednesdays, we do real or fake. Let's just get it out of the way right now. Real or fake, James Harden is going to be professional this entire season while he's on the Philadelphia 76ers. I am obviously guessing because I don't know James Harden or his friends or representation, but this reads a lot like his Houston playbook to me where he's being professional to help his trade value and because he has to show up to actually get to be a free agent next year to actually serve his contract services or the Sixers can withhold free agency from him in the CBA, which is crazy. So yeah, be a professional. You know what he's not doing, Jake? Playing in basketball games, which is kind of a key part of this. So it still feels like the play for him to get what he wants to be professional now. And, you know, the this is similar to the Rockets playbook. Don't show up early for camp. Show up and then be awesome for a tiny bit and then be completely awful right after being awesome. So given that we've seen Harden do this before, I'm kind of I'm, I'm I believe he's being professional, but I believe he's doing it with somewhat nefarious intentions which almost makes it fake even though the answer is real uh, yeah like it's fake right like he he hasn't played in a preseason game not even that he hasn't shown up to the preseason games he's like not even there in the right. arenas or anything like that right it's not like he's there sitting and supporting the team like i don't know that's kind of being a professional isn't it right you know he's <laughs> they've said he's scrimmaged he's done five on five once over a week ago and hasn't done anything like that since then that doesn't like, yeah, he's being nice and not causing trouble. And he said not great things about Daryl Morey in like a calm and collected manner, I guess. But it's not that like he is being like a true professional, right? So I think it's kind of fake. Like you, you said it, he's not playing basketball games. That's what you right. got to do. I get it's preseason, but I don't know. Like, is he just going to, is this like the calm before the tantrum comes is kind of what I'm feeling. He's like, okay, I tried and now I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but 
there was that last Houston game where like he clearly gave it nothing and went on the podium after the game was like, this situation is is untenable and like we can't continue on this way. And everybody knew that from before the season, but he just played the final card, which was like on the record, I'm going to flame these guys and I'm going to clearly not be as good of a basketball player on purpose. And so it's interesting to me that he's played this card before because I'm intrigued by what it actually does, what what the the intent is for him in camp, right? It's good for the team. Like the Sixers are probably like, heck yeah, all right. This is not a distraction yet. His on the record stuff he said at practice earlier this week, which I'm surprised he did that, but it was like all stuff he'd already said before and wasn't that yeah. problematic. Like that tech, that's as professional as you can be in this situation, but it's also as professional as someone can be while saying, yeah, I don't respect my gym at all. I think he's a liar, right? Like that's kind of unprofessional to do at all, but he already had said it before. So it's a little different. So it's weird, like giving him credit for that, if that makes sense. I mean, he's, it's like nicer than the way he did it. You know, when he did it, when he was overseas, it was like one of the funniest things I think we could like have possibly seen that he was shooting all those ridiculous like segments over there for their TV and everything where he's like dancing and then out of nowhere, Daryl Morey is a liar. And you're like, what is happening here? And then he goes back to doing like stupid stuff and it was pretty funny. I don't know. Like, how, so how do you think he's going to look once games matter? Like game one against, I think they play the Bucks on opening night. Like, what what version of James Harden do we get? Well, the bigger question to me is, do we get a version of James Harden, period? But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question. Like, if he actually plays, what's this going to look like? Because, you know, we've learned over the years with Nick Nurse that, like, his defenses are pretty aggressive and require kind of a lot of mobility. And it's not really James Harden's game defensively, but he's certainly a talented offensive player. And, like, I want to say the first season – or that last season he had the Rockets before he got traded, the first game of the season he had like 44, 45 points. Like when he's motivated to get what he wants and show that he's still a good player worth trading for, like maybe he goes for it. And part of the holdup with the Clippers is it seems like the Clippers are like, why would we up our offer? This dude's on an expiring contract that may not be that good. Well, if he comes out and he's amazing, that certainly changes the calculus. So I think that could be a part of the play for him early. Yeah, it's, you know, it's tough to try and like figure it it out and it sounds like the reporting out there right now and I think this came from Jake Fisher of Yahoo was the Clippers aren't upping their offer they're not putting in one of the players that needs to be included in that they're not including additional draft compensation so it seems like he's they just have to figure this out like Phil how do you think Philly's handled it actually it's hard it's hard okay so to back up what I just said by the way the season he got traded from the Rockets to the Nets game one of the season in Portland 44 points, 17 assists. <laughs> and then the good. final game when he pouted on his way out uh, against the Lakers, five for 16, 16 points. They lost that game by 17. So like fairly strategic, I would argue. Um, I think the Sixers have done about as well as they can, mostly because they are set up to do well without James Harden because of Tyrese Maxey, right? Like they have a team that it's like, oh, we lose our good ball handler. Great. We have another one. And they can fall back on their cap space goals for next year and like not make a ton of transactions. So I, they're obviously worried about Embiid and what that's going to do for him. You have to be, I think every team with a star player is worried about what that player could think about the moves they make and how it affects them. But at the same time, you know, they haven't, they haven't like cast him away. They haven't blamed anything on him. They've gone, kind of gone to bat for him, honestly, and their media availabilities like that is, that is interesting to me as well, that they would take it that far. And, to me, like the best outcome for them is that James Harden eventually just shrugs and says, fine, I'll play for you guys. So maybe them being the bigger man could end up working out for them.
Yeah, I think that's kind of their play, right? Like they know, and look, I love Maxi twenty over twenty points per game last season, but you know, it's not like he's capable necessarily of doing what James Harden can do. And we saw some vintage yeah. James Harden in the playoffs, right? You know, they had that series essentially won until they didn't against the Boston Celtics, and he had two forty-point games, I think, in that series, and a couple of other ones where he was terrible. But it still shows like flashes of him being the James Harden of old, and that's why you're seeing them kind of play like hardball and not just trade him away way for like small pieces because Tyrese Maxey as good as he is I don't think replaces that though I'm very curious to see Maxey take a leap this year too um, as he's a very good shooter and knows to get the ball to Joel Embiid so they they are relatively okay but if they get anything out of Harden at this point they're probably feeling pretty good about it so we don't expect a James Harden trade right away but there was a trade in the NBA yesterday a little bit of a weird one with Kevin Porter Jr. going to the from the Houston Rockets to the Oklahoma City Thunder we will talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I love these, and I wear them all the time, and you've got to give them a try. The Bird Dogs stretch khaki short. They're slimmer fitting, so they look sculpted. They just make you look good. Whether you're hanging out with your friends, whether you're playing golf or going on a date, you want to have that fitted look and the bird dog stretched khaki short does it. And you don't want those regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And bird dogs fixed all of that issue by creating a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. So you get the slim fit, but you don't lose any of the mobility, any of the stretchiness. So you can go about your day, do what you need to do. And as the weather's getting cooler, they've got joggers, they've got pants. I've got a couple of pairs of those as well. I wear them to the office. I wear them to the golf course all the time. I just feel good. I look good when I have them on. It ups the confidence and everything. So if you want to give Bird Dogs a try, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday coming to y'all covering everything you want to know about the association. Become an everydayer by listening Monday through Friday because we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. All right, Tony, this is a weird one. This is like... I'm not like thrilled this happened. We get to talk about it on Locked On NBA, but we need to. But that is the trade of Kevin Porter Jr. from the Houston Rockets to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder getting two second round picks in the deal. Victor Oladipo going the other way for all of it. How you feeling on this? It sucks. It sucks, just, right? It like this. We're talking about sports. Like it's not sports is nothing. And what Kevin Porter Jr. is alleged to have do is extremely significant and terrible on a human level. And I had the pleasure of covering Kaiser Gondrasic for a year when she played for the Fever. Like, such an awesome person to get to know. And it, it's awful what is, again, alleged to have happened to her. And the fact that a team took, like, was willing to, I get that they instantly wave him and they'll say, it's just for the picks. I would like to impress you to go on a mic and talk about this because, like, I, again, I, I, you squint and you see the basketball part of it. And you, like these people are running a business, but like it just sucks. It's a sport. Like this is stupid. He just, just should have been cut immediately. And that should have been it. And now it's gone to this. And it just, it just sucks. It just sucks that this is the case. Yeah. It, it feels gross, right? Like this is a trade that feels kind of slimy. And again, 
I'm not faulting them necessarily for doing this move, right? Presti got two second round picks in this. He's been flipping assets around. They have like 22 second round picks or something is what they have over the next like couple of years. You know, it's a, it's a smart basketball move, but it feels for a league that wants to be progressive, just the wrong thing. As you said, he should have just been cut by the Rockets and there shouldn't be someone, some team being like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this situation to get more draft capital, exactly. right? Let alone a team that already has tons of second round picks where it's like, are these two really going to make that big of a difference to them? Probably not. That's where this just feels weird. You know, in some way you're going to have uh, you know, like, oh, and I'm not accusing any Thunder fans of doing this, right? But you're going to have people celebrating this move of trading for this guy with all of the things that he's accused about. Because in theory, your team gets some draft picks and that's a good thing. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's not bad on the surface that he was traded and that they cut him and he's not going to play for them. But it's just like taking advantage or using that opportunity on just like an awful, awful situation in the first place. The, the optimist view that I, I hate to even propose is that it gets him out of the NBA the fastest. Like this yeah, was the app that gets him cut the fastest because the Rockets clearly weren't willing to do that, which was already a big deal. But that's not like a good thing. It should have just the second this happened, he's cut. Miles Bridges is still on a team. It's just right. it's such a stain on the NBA that these teams continue to hold on to these guys who commit awful domestic violence crimes against women. It's horrible. And it, it's brutal that it becomes especially like a way station for trades and these minor assets become like celebratory wins for winning these PR moves. Like, like I get the thunder, like, yay, we cleared our roster spot and got second round picks, but like at what cost it's like, it's just so weird and icky to me. Even if people have jobs, they have to do it's icky. Yeah, no, I'm with you it, it, you know, I think this is something the NBA needs to look at eventually. And I, and I don't have a, a solution for this. I'm not, giving like constructive criticism or anything here but you know with the miles bridges situation and you know how that went and you saw the the charlotte hornets like bring him back the whole press conference and everything talk about how he's grown and all that and then it's like oh wait look look at what's happened here and should we necessarily have expected anything differently you know it even goes back to like portland right when they were handling the introduction of like chauncey billups and other things like really poorly horribly like horribly, right? Like the optics of it do matter. I get that it's a business, you're running a team, you have, to, especially in a small market like OKC, you need any competitive advantage you can get because you don't have the money rolling in, you know, like the Lakers or the Knicks. But at some point, like where does the morality come into this? You know, and I don't know where that is. I get that, again, all the things I just said, it being a business and all of that, but at some point, when when is like a line get crossed and when, when does someone just do something that feels decent? I we, the line has been crossed. <laughs> like, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. The, and it's like, like the NBA, they're not enabling it, but like, you know, the, the, the somewhat the, though, like are the okay, consequences so like, like bad enough, you know? Yeah. So the sticky thing, what I was going to say is like, there was all this chatter, which was also dumb, but like right after it happened with Kevin Porter jr. Like, well, the Rockets can't wave him right away. They have to wait till he's suspended. So they don't have to pay the salary instead of, it's like, Okay, there should be methods to just like get it over with, right? Like, this yeah, is that's dumb that, it's dumb that they'd even cons like, okay, what are our options? Let's think about the CBA. Like, why? <laughs> no, this is he did an awful thing. Like, it should just be over. It's, it's like a very big privilege to play a sport professionally and entertain people. Like, it, it's ridiculous the way this well, is all handled. 
you know, they're, they're waving him, but he's getting 15 plus million dollars right. this season. Like, like, like let's and talk 1 about, million you know, next year. Yeah. 1 million next year for sure. You know, it's like, are, are, you know, okay, well he's out of the league. Yeah. But he still got paid. He probably shouldn't have been paid. Like that's a big part of it. Like there needs to be something in there to impact these players on a larger level. That would also help with like a deterrent on it, right? Like Bridges got his contract, not as big as it was potentially going to be at some point, And who knows what it's going to look like now, but you know, with these contracts being fully guaranteed, it doesn't seem like there's many mechanisms in place to void these in the event of bad behavior. So, yeah, cool. He's not going to be in the league, but I don't know. I don't feel great that that dude who did all of these awful things is getting that amount of money. And he's just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to take my money and goodbye, everybody, and go play overseas or something like that where they might not worry about this as much. It is truly weird and icky and thankfully... <laughs> Thankfully, over that he is out of the league because he just. Do you think he's guy. actually going to be out of the league? You know, they, they dropped some players. of the charges. I've thought about that about players before who <laughs> make it back in the league. We've talked about one of them in this segment. Yeah, yeah, that headline was misleading that came out today, though. One of his multiple charges. Were yes. dropped. Now, I know you know that, but like yeah. a lot of people took that too far. So, yes, um, I don't expect him to be back in the league. Like, not giving the people any credit, but a lot of the ones who do come back in the league after DV charges, like that's their only history or at least their most notable history. Whereas he has a lot of problematic things in his past. So yeah, I would imagine he's done, but I've been wrong about that many a times before. So let us know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. You know, is this just business as usual and you've got to take any sort of competitive advantage in the NBA? Or do you think there need to be stiffer penalties for players like this? And there needs to be some sort of other mechanism, whatever it might be, to kind of resolve issues like this where you don't celebrate getting a couple of second round picks going towards another team. And we don't feel like you can hear it in our voices, right? It's just as icky and we don't love this. So... Yeah, not, not an easy answer. Let us know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. So coming up next, though, we got a bunch more trade rumors because teams are finalizing rosters. Some teams have too many guys. There's a couple names that could still be moved. That's all coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to all that, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel because the NBA season's almost here. The NFL season is underway and America's number one sports book is FanDuel. And right now, if you're a new customer, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, maybe you want to get in on your favorite teams over under the win projections. You think they're going to have a good season? Bet the over. You think it's bad season, which Pelicans being one and three right now has me nervous about maybe you take the under or you want to get in on the game action with the spreads the player props the over unders the same game parlays bet a little bit win a bunch more if you hit you can do that all over at FanDuel and so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season tip off the NBA season FanDuel official partner of the NFL we just ask you to please gamble responsibly And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, becoming every day or listen every single day because we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I almost said, well, welcome back to Locked On Pelicans and just snapped into my normal thing there. So I'm glad, glad I pulled that off. So Tony, 
Trades don't happen a lot here, but we did have this trade. Maybe that kicks things off a little bit. The Thunder still need to get rid of one player on their roster. There's a couple of names out there that is being reported could be moved. Some obvious, some make a little bit less sense. I, I want to start with you, though. And one of the names we've known has been on the trade block kind of this whole offseason is Buddy Heald with the Pacers. Give us an update there. Yeah, um, as... Jake Fisher reported today and has been said by the Pacers prior to that, but he healed unlikely to be traded before the season. Jake Fisher's exact report I'm referring to said few rival executives believe he'll be dealt before the season. Chad Buchanan, the Pacers GM said, uh, let me get the date right. September 26th. He said, uh, we've had talks to them about an extension. Those talks are at a halt. I'd say right now, that's not to say they're done. We'd like to have buddy with us. We have no intention of trying to move buddy but it's also our job to listen if opportunities come that help us improve the team. So that's kind of like the status quo answer for a GM. But at the same time, I think they clearly like having Buddy Hill. They they said, yeah, we offered him an extension. Uh, talks are at a halt now. So uh, not surprising to me to see this reported again. Seems like Buddy Hill will be on the Pacers when the season starts. Talk to me again in February. <laughs> then we'll see where this is. So is there a particular reason you think that it, there's just not a deal getting done? Is the asking price too high? Or is it just like no one really knows what the landscape of the league looks like just yet. Yeah. I mean, uh, without knowing what the offer is exactly, it's hard to say specifically because the initial reporting from Shams Trani was that Buddy Heald was, or at least his representation was not enthused by the Pacers extension offer. If you're Buddy Heald, you just saw your teammate, Bruce Brown, walk into free agency and get more money than you make. And a lot of money with some teams cap space. So he probably thinks he can make a lot more next year. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA at the same time, Christian Wood and Kelly Oubre get minimums. The new CBA is tough. You either find your right situation or you don't at all. So it's tricky. Um, but I get why he could think another good shooting season, given the landscape of the league, would lead him to quite a bit of money. Um, and another good season would be great for him in that way. So again, without knowing the offer, it's hard to say exactly what he wants or is thinking. But uh, I think he saw what some guys, not just Bruce Brown, but some guys got this summer and thinks, oh, I can make quite a bit of money. I'd have to look at the like, cap space around the league to think if that's like a smart move or not because that kind of dries up and we don't really get free agency yep. like we used to. That's like a heck of a bet, I think, for him, which could be a little bit risky maybe, you think? I think his game's going to age really well because like athleticism's not really a part of what he does and his shooting is just insane every freaking year. So, I mean, and basically until he's literally slow, like he's going to be an effective player, so... I think he'll be fine to be a good player on his next deal. It should make teams happy to pay him, but who's going to do it? <laughs> who's going to be the team yeah. with the pace that, uh, that is lobbing him a ton of money? So his and But at the same time, that's also why he could think his best bet is getting traded to a team that can only keep him via bird rights, right? And so yeah. that also plays a factor potentially. So there's a lot at play, but I think that given what the Pacers have said and how this is trending, I do not think he'll be traded before the season. Now, another name that uh, Jake Fisher mentioned was Malcolm Brogdon, who we expect to be flipped from the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, former six man of the year, that seems like a guy that should be in demand for a number of teams. He's linked to the Houston Rockets, and I think it leads to an a more interesting question about the Rockets of, like, they're really trying to go for it, aren't they? They want to be a play-in tournament team, I guess. They don't control their own first-round picks, so why why not, right? So, yep. seems to, I was at first like, what are they doing? And then you remember some of the deals and some of the trades and things like that. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, it's interesting, though, to see what they might end up trying to do and what they could end up doing here. But what do you think about Brogdon going to the Houston Rockets? 
That's interesting. I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to be in Portland. I'm surprised he is still with Portland right now, uh, to be honest. But he's apparently said on the record, like, yeah, it'd be cool to stay here and play games and be a vet. And he's a good player, right? He won six minutes of the year last year. Rockets are a good spot, I think. Jalen Green's great. Fred Van Vliet's great. Their guard depth below that isn't as solid. So if they're really trying to be good, adding a guy who's an awesome off-ball player and shooter makes a lot of sense. And he can play lots of positions and guard lots of guys because he's taller. So I covered him for a couple of years. I think he'd be a wonderful culture fit there as well. So, um, yeah, good addition for them. Yeah, you know, I, I would expect other teams to try and go after him too, right? If you need a, a shooting, you know, a, a scoring first kind of guard that can come off the bench, do other things, you know, as you said, good culture guy, right? Good leader on all of that. He's someone that I think makes, a, I don't know, just like someone go and get him. I, it feels like it's just weird. No one like jumped on that right away. I guess maybe his contract somewhat scares teams off, but that one was a little bit weird. Um, any other names that intrigue you in terms of potential like, mild trades, mid-trades before the start of the season? Uh, I thought that Fisher's inclusion in his report of Davis Bertans was interesting. You know, they got him in that salary dump from the Mavs on draft night. Um, the thing about Bertans that's interesting is, like, he's good. <laughs> his salary almost goes away completely next year, but I kind of was wondering if he'd be one of the guys that Thunder would consider cutting, just given the structure of their young team right just to mm -hmm. they've got a cut guaranteed money still before the season but he's good he's a good player and for their team he's like their best big salary to use in trades and they eventually the thunder have to do a big trade right so i think they gonna, have to consolidate at some point right? for you, something what did you mention earlier they have like over 20 second rounders and like a billion mm -hmm. like it's crazy so if you look at their like whole total of draft capital it's wild right so someone like Bertans who can play too, like he's actually done well for them in the preseason. Yeah, maybe he does stick to start the year, but as an expiring, you wonder if he's could be moved or if a team could value his shooting and actually want him. Um, so he's definitely a name to keep an eye on, especially if as they can figure out how to get their roster down to the legal size. If the if the offer's there now, why not? Especially because he's playing well in preseason. Yeah, so they have 15 first round picks and 22 second round picks what? after the deal today. Wait for oh. for how many like. Like of the oh, next over the next draft, seven years, I think is what it is. <laughs> so they have like who they can have more. You not get with that. <laughs> you can you you in theory can get anyone you want, right? Like that's kind of what it is. It's um, you know, now of those fifteen first round picks, some are protected, so you might not get some of those. I think nine of them are for sure going to be theirs. So they can get in the mix for anything. Like they're Thunder, they're Thunder young team. Our phrase the, today of all days. I don't. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. We're tempering Just, this down. Yeah, screw them here for for all of this stuff. Other name there um, from Jake Fisher was Alec Burks. If someone needs a guard from Detroit, they've got a lot of young talent there. Um, if they're going to play certain guys, you know, if they want to keep Jaden Ivey in the starting role, where does he kind of fit, or does he come off the bench? All of those things I think are kind of big questions. But it basically seems like they're all kind of moves around the edges, right? Like, we're not, are you expecting any sort of big blockbuster trade before the start of the season? Harden's the only one to me right. that could happen, but, I mean, it just it just seems impossible for the Clippers to have a package that makes sense all of a sudden. So I, I don't see – I don't even see that happening. So, no, I don't, but I've been wrong uh, about everything all the time. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, there you go. If a, if a little deal gets done or a big deal gets done, we're going to cover it here on Locked On NBA because right. we cover everything around the NBA Monday through Friday. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On NBA. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. On Wednesdays, I'm Jake Madison at Old Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Tony East at Tony R. East on Twitter, host of Locked On Pacers. Thanks for joining us. All right, we got Nick Angstad and Pat the Designer tomorrow. Who knows what's going to happen? Start of the regular season's like right around the corner. So thank you for listening to the Lockdown NBA podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.